Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Last week, I spoke about the benefits of, let me just finish it down. The benefits of praise. Number one, when you praise God, what happens? It secures your future. You have a secured future, a guaranteed future with God. That's why I said that. At work, you want to go forward, but something is standing in your way. Take a praise break and come. Your future is guaranteed. Hallelujah. At the court, in between the sessions, go for a praise break. Praise God. Because praise takes the attention from you and places the focus on God. Prayer depends on what kind of prayer. Intercessory prayer takes the attention from you. Prayer of petition puts the attention on you. God said, if any of you desire anything whatsoever, you desire when you pray. Not God desires, you desire. So prayer is an expression of your desire, depending on what kind of prayer. So you are asking God for what you want that will be done on earth as it is. You are asking him, let it be. But praise, you are giving to him in spite of the situation. So praise secures God's attention more than prayer. When you pray, God sends angels. But when you praise, he comes down himself. He said, I'm coming down. Your praising is an invitation God cannot turn down. When you praise God, he can't say, I can't come. Because he inhabits the praise of his people. That's his habitation. Psalm 22 verse 3. Psalm 22 verse 3 said, God inhabits the praise of his people. So once you give him praise, you pull him down. You drag him down. He doesn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. I I would like to put it this way. Praise leaves God with no choice but to show up. I'll say it again. Praise leaves God with no choice except to show up. So there's a situation in your life that needs God, then give God praise for it. Anything Anything that will require God is asking for praise. If it will take God, that means that it's asking for praise. Mm. Praise God. Stop the mourning mm. and start the blessing. Amen. That is the meaning of the scripture. We say that I will bless the Lord at all times. Yeah. Now, the Hebrew word translated bless is barak. Mm. Barak means that even in an uncomfortable inconvenient circumstance, I will just be pushing myself. So then, that's why I said, at all times, Psalm 34 verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all. So not only when times are good, my, ah, like this, my blessing him, my praising him is unconditional. Whether it's sunny or it's rainy, it's windy or it's stormy, I will bless the Lord And he said, and his praise shall without fail be in my mouth. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him all out of all his afflictions. 
It starts with praise. Yes. It starts with praise. Yes. They came to him. They said, Sir, teach us how to pray. Luke chapter 30. Teach us how to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, said, teach us how to pray. He said, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, say, our Father, establish connection. It must be prayer is from son or daughter to daddy, not from a worshiper. It's prayer, daughter to daddy. Our Father, who art in heaven, you are not in this realm, so you can do it. Even though we are restricted here, your realm is different. Our Father who art in heaven, then look at it. After establishing who he is, he's my Father, and where is he? In heaven. The first is that, hallowed be your name. Just give it to him. Holy is your name. Theologians have grappled with that phrase. Hallowed be thy name. Why have they grappled with it? Because is it a request or it's a pronouncement, a statement, a declaration. Hallowed be. Is he is this saying that, Hallow, may your name be, asking that let your name be, or your name is praised. Theologians have been struggling. Hallowed be, is it a request or a declaration? Let your whole, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. It, it's both. Be your name be forever praised. And let your name show you, as we praise you, show your glory such that people are left with no choice but to say, ah, the Lord is God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallowed be your name. Before it talks about thy kingdom come, that's a request that will be done on earth. That's a request. As it is in heaven, give us this day. That's a request. Forgive us. That's a request. Lead us not into the That's a request. But before all these requests came, let your name be honored. He says that don't be anxious for nothing. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. How many things? Everything. By prayer. So prayer, prayer is a means to the solution. By prayer and supplication. And he says that if you don't add thanksgiving, forget it. Heaven will not hear you. Heaven understands the language of praise. That's why I dare someone to learn how to take praise break. Yeah. Put anything in your hand down and for just 10 seconds, put your hands together as a praise break for God. Come on, 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's nice. Before we get to the foyer, after church. It's enough. We have chatted and chatted and chatted. Sometimes. Hallelujah. We are, church, we are church folks, man. You, you hit your house. Hallelujah. Your neighbors must know that hallelujah people have come. Hallelujah. Some of us, our house, there's always... Uh, who do you think you are? Let praise be heard, echoing out of your house. Let tongues be heard, echoing out of your house. Your children must be known amongst their friends that they are hallelujah children. They will brand you funny. Don't mind them. 
your future is guaranteed. Yes. <laughs> you will meet them at the other side. Yes. There's no technology that can guarantee the outcome of the future. But praise and godliness is a mystery. It's much effective than technology. That guarantees. So praise, when you praise God, your future is guaranteed. It secures your future. Secondly, I said when you praise God, it brings in the harvest. Jesus said, get them bread to eat. The disciples said, where can we get bread for these people? Seeing we are in the desert. And there's no food anywhere. Jesus said, give it to them to eat. And I made them to sit down. Bible says, John chapter 6, verse 8. Listen, you are not pitiable. Hmm. Yeah, they know about your situation. Don't, don't worry. We are all here. We will see the outcome. We will see the outcome. Let no one feel sorry for you. I don't see why a believer should be going around soliciting sorryful attention from others. Sometimes you make your face so morose. Morose. Sad. Down. You worry too much. When you praise God, you are making a statement. Job said in Job chapter 13 verse 15, he said, even though he slays me, yet I will trust him. So God slays me, yet I will trust Praise is a statement that I trust God will take care of it. I trust God will take care of it. So then even in the midst of crisis, you are able to burst forth in praises. No, it doesn't come natural, may I say. It doesn't come natural. It doesn't come natural. You have to allow a certain condition to be created so that you can always engage in the power of praise. It takes the Holy Spirit to... I'm tough. I've made up my mind. No. Sometimes you make up your mind, but you'll be breaking down inside. Bible says that I pray that you'll be strengthened with mind by his spirit into your inner man. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16. Ephesians 3 16. The Holy Ghost strengthens you. So learn how to depend on the Holy Spirit to praise God. Hello. But sometimes you will end up being fake. Pastor, I know I want to praise God. I'm tired of God. I don't like God anymore. Uh Uh-huh. Your flesh is talking. Uh, haven't you felt angry with God? Some of you, even last week, you were upset with God. This morning, when that bat splashed the water on you, you were upset with God. Look, I'm going to church. Look, God, could you have protected me from anything? I'm going to church and they gave me a ticket. I'm very angry with God. What's the point of going to church? So sometimes, humanly speaking, you can react in the flesh. Because, because human nature, listen to this, human nature doesn't like God. None of us likes God naturally. You didn't know that? Ah. You should know that by now. Oh, don't look that holy. We know you are. We know you've been to places. So you. Your hands are not that innocent. Your lips are not that innocent. There are things you have said with this, your lips. The gossips, the swear words, the profanity. And it's not even before you came to church. After you came to God. Some of you didn't want to spend the night last night there. But you did. I'm going there now. Oh, Lord. It's praise now. (laughs) Someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So as I was saying, take the Holy Spirit. You must learn how to expose yourself to God's word. Because if your spirit man is emaciated, you don't have the strength to live by the spirit. Right. How many of you have been in a situation where you wanted to do something, you, genu- you actually want to do it God's way, and you are so bent by it, at the time you realize you just failed, you couldn't do it. How many of us have been there before? How many of you haven't been there before? Let me see by hands. I want to see the hypocrites amongst us. Because, why does that happen? Because it takes, when your spirit is weak, Jesus, remember Jesus said, the, f- the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Okay, so when you, are not, you don't have that super internal strength to be able to carry it out, Bible says that walk in the spirit so that you do not gratify the desires of the flesh. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. Praise is a spiritual thing. It's just the same as speaking in tongues. It's the same as walking away from fornication. It's the same as uh, not gossiping. It's the same as being nice, being... It's, it, it's, it's spiritual. So what it takes to overcome sin is the same thing it will also take to engage in praise. Because it's, it's a spiritual activity. And it is strengthened from your spirit. So it's not a mental thing. You want to do praise break, but you are really struggling. Some of us, what we do is music break, music break not praise break. There are times we come to church and we are all dancing around. Some people are not actually praising God. They are just dancing. There's a difference. Somebody's blessed. So surround yourself. Get the word into your system so your spirit man is strong. The Holy Spirit, get the word into your system. And be careful the circumstance or the atmosphere you expose yourself to. Because some atmospheres are very antagonistic and very, they, are, they oppose praise. They oppose anything godly. And sometimes you expose yourself to some things, you feel very weak to do anything godly. So you have to constantly expose yourself to something. Like coming to church, it's, how many of you know that it makes a big difference in your life? No, you see, never think you come to church to encourage a pastor. No, then there's no, don't bother. Don't don't bother. Those days are long gone, man. It's a sign of, uh, you are not maturing. You don't come to church to encourage a pastor. You come to church to secure your future. You come to church for encounters. You come to church because you know that God matters in your life. That's why whether it's snowing, it's raining, we just go through because this is more important than work. You're waiting for your husband to drag you out of bed to church. Your wife to drag you out of bed. So you use, I'll go to church to blackmail or to control your, if you don't cook that food for me, I won't go to church with you. Am I communicating something to somebody? All right, so the benefits of praise, Jesus said in John, I was talking about John chapter six, verse eight. So Jesus said, what did Jesus say? John chapter 6, verse 8. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon, but verse 6 says that, and this he said to prove, prove him. Jesus told them to feed the people, and then they said, we don't know what to do. But Jesus, this is said to prove him. Watch this. For he himself knew what he would do. Jesus knew what he would do. Think, let's all say that together. For he himself knew what he would do. Let's say that together. Tell someone, for he himself, he himself knows what he would do. Say it again. All right. Now, what, what are we talking about? 
People were hungry. They needed food to eat. Jesus said, five, verse 5. Look at verse 5. It's good to go back to so at least you can get it. Verse 5. Jesus, when Jesus lifted his eyes, he saw a great, a great company come unto him. He said unto Philip, where shall we buy bread for these to eat? So what are we talking about? Food for the people to eat. And he asked this question to test them because what? He knew what he would do. But he just asked where. So what was he talking about? He knew what, what, what did he know to do? To give them food. So the question he was asking, he knew what the answer would be already. By asked, now what was the question? What was, the, what was supposed to be the solution of the question? Food for the people to eat. All right, does that make sense? We need food for the people to eat. Jesus said, ah, where can we get food for? But while he was asking, he knew the means to get the solution. He himself knew what to do. Let's find out how he did it. Does that make sense? So if he knew himself and people couldn't do it and he ended up doing it, then what did he mean by he knew himself what to do to get food for the people? Let's see. And then um, verse 7, Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may, may have a list. So the problem is a bread problem. Okay? Bread problem is finance. Job. Bills. Rent. Account. That's the what we're talking about. Now listen to this. Verse 8. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here, that's a little boy here, which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But then he asked, but what are they among so many? This thing won't do anything. So still this, what we have discovered can still solve the problem. So if you think that we are, you are going to use the boy's bread, I've seen it, Jesus, I've seen it already, it's here. But it's not enough. But his eye was not on the, the boy's bread. Someone say he himself knew what he would do. Let's see what he did. Which you know the story, but it's good to read it. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000, verse 11. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, ah, let's all read that together. It doesn't matter your version, okay? Verse what? Verse 11. Let's read, let's go. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to his disciples, and his disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise the fishes as much as they Wow. Do you know who the disciples gave them to? Those who are sitting down. Those who are following the instruction. Jesus said, let them sit down. And when he multiplied, he gave it to the disciples. And the disciples gave to those who are sitting down. So if you didn't get a seat, sorry, mate. We, we were asked to sit down. And there was grass. This was not a church. A lot of grass. The Bible said there was much grass. So you don't have a reason to say, I can't sit down. There's, there's enough room and maneuvering to be in church. You can't say, I couldn't come to church because I didn't have it. There's a way. You, you can do it. Yes. You can do it. He said, the temptation was too strong. I couldn't run away from it. But someone knocked your door, came inside, and it took about three hours there. So you could have taken advantage to flee. They gave it to those who were sitting down. Sit down. To fulfill your ministry, sit down. Some of you won't go to sell meeting, but you want everything, everything God has for us. It's amazing. Did you see what God did Friday at sell meeting? It was, it was as though... It's the same almost everywhere. God has gone way ahead. If you want conventional way of doing this kind of church, church, church God has moved ahead. He's waiting for us after Sunday in the home. He, he himself knows what he would do. 
Did you see this testimony? He said, and even the minister, he said, in the situation, I call myself members. Pray for me. And not a pastor, who, sir, not a pastor, not a prophet. Sell members. Sell member. Ask someone, are you a cell member anyway? It is a normal Christian pattern to have other believers you sit down together with, without microphone, without microphone, without keyboard, without guitar. Just brethren. So we are not coming to have a social event. This is just just amongst us. We pray and we fellow interaction. They continued in the apostles' fellowship, 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 fellowship. Don't just come hit church. Okay, I'm listening to the message and then you go because the music is nice. Like you have come for a musical concert and you finish and then you close. You you, you sneak out. So there's no Christianity is a fellowship. Yes, fellowship. He gave the bread to those who are sitting down. And then what happened? So, so, okay, back to verse 11. When he took the bread, he took the bread, gave thanks, and did what? He didn't do anything, no. Oh, he, so he himself knew what he would do to get multiplication, to feed the thousands, was just giving thanks. That's all he did. What else did he do? Okay, okay, technically, he gave instructions. Sit down, bring the bread. But what did he do then? The actual thing, he gave thanks and gave. So later on in John, Bible says that when the, the people follow, those people who have eaten the bread after he had given thanks. Did he say after he's giving instructions? After, because the thanksgiving was the whole, the main thing he did. So he himself knew, what, watch this, ah, thank you Holy Spirit. How do miracles and how do harvest multiply in your hands? By giving thanks. Jesus taught us so clearly, sir. He says that he himself knew what he would do to multiply this, to change the circumstance. To multiply. When you praise God, you engage the circle for the harvest. Praise brings in the harvest. Let's all say that together. Praise brings in the harvest. Say it louder, please. Praise brings in the harvest. Praise brings in the harvest. In my meditation, I wasn't reading like any book or I'm listening to any message. In my meditation last week, I found out, and I believe it was by the Holy Spirit, that human beings have been created to be affected by what we are exposed to. Positive or negative, however. Where you live determines the skin te- your skin texture. True? Where you live. There are certain places, even people who come from certain countries, sometimes their forehead is different. Their eyeballs are different. Sometimes their head shape is different. So where you live, the, the environment you expose yourself to affect. Listen, listen, brothers and sisters, don't take it for, for granted. How many of you know that you can shorten your lifespan by what you eat? It's just common sense, anyway. How many of you know that you can shorten your lifespan by the kind of air you breathe? That's why they are doing this air pollution thing. If you live some place of the world, like China, some other places, if you live there without covering your wearing a mask, you, your lungs will go, or you will die early. Why? You have, you know, I don't want to die, I'm determined to live long. No, your exposure is what determines the outcome of your life, not you. Ah, so what you smell, what you breathe in, 
if they drop a little gas, some gas here. So human beings are so fragile. We are so, watch this, the point I'm making. We are so susceptible to the environment. But most times, we don't realize how much the environment, you see, when you are eating food that will kill you, you don't realize it. It's years later, you realize that this sugar thing has affected your kidney. It's years later, now you begin to advise young people. Hey, is this sugar? Me, I don't eat sugar. No, no. But when you were told the same thing, you say, oh, me, I'm okay, I'm DK poison. I can't eat anything. <laughs> Am I communicating? Okay, quickly, quickly, quickly. So what you expose yourself. Now, the point I'm making is, it's quite common sense, scientific. What you expose yourself to by what you eat, what you breathe, affects your lifespan. But we are not told that the things you keep listening to and watching. That's right. That one, they don't tell us. It takes godly wisdom to know that the things you keep watching are affecting, it will affect the outcome of your marriage. What you watch. That's why in dictatorship countries, they are Strict on what you got. It can spark a national uproar. What you hear, what you watch, what you hear, what you watch. Spiritually, is the same principle. That's why the church you attend matters. It matters. You should look for a place where the word can feed you and your destiny can be exposed. I don't, I don't want any... When a pastor is a young man, I'm older than him. Uh, if you want to stay safe, watch what you are exposing yourself to. Both what you are watching, what you are hearing, what you are eating, what you are breathing, and what is touching you. It will, uh, it will invariably affect your lifespan. And not just your lifetime. The one I'm about to say is even more strong. The quality of your life or of your living Quality life has a lot to do with what you are exposed to. How many of us are going to engage in praise? Third benefit briefly of praise is, let me go systematically. So, listen, when you want to take over, praise God. It doesn't matter what is stopping you from taking over. If you can praise God, it will give you easy access. I don't see why a Christian sister should be competing with another lady for a man through makeup, hairdo, short dresses, and tight dresses so that you can get the man. She thinks she's smart. I will show her that I've got better stuff. You are not being smart. You don't take over by fleshly tactics because you are very restricted and limited when it comes to human tactics. Je- in Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, the Bible says that Jericho was strictly shut because of the people of Israel. And yet that, they didn't to take over Jericho. But the place was shut because of them. It's tailor-made shutness. <laughs> they shut the place because, because of them. It's not like they just close it so anyone at all doesn't come here or anything. They closed it because of them. So that means that if somebody was getting through, others could make their way through, but then as for the dead, Jericho was straightly, Joshua chapter 6 verse 1, Jericho was now, Jericho was straightly shut because of the children of Israel. Say because of the children of Israel. Is someone getting something? 
When you praise God, you take over. <laughs> now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none went out, and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given into thy hand as you are going to take over Jericho. I've given Jericho and the kings thereof and the mighty men of valor. Verse 3, and, he shall, and ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go ab, uh, round about the city once. Thus shall you do six days. Verse 4, Joshua chapter 6, verse 4. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horn, and the seventh day ye shall... Compass the city seven times, and the priest shall blow with the trumpet. Verse 5, and it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the walls, it's not the gate, the walls. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And and the wall shall and, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And that will not be the end of the story. What's the last line there? Huh? Eh? And the people shall ascend up every man. Not going to use other routes. Every, where you are standing becomes a route. To start a business. When you learn how to praise God, they are saying this will come and this will come. And what you have will become the main thing. Now, coming back to what I just said about a woman trying to get a man. Now, as you live life praising God, suddenly... The husband God has packaged for your future. He, if your hair is green, suddenly he has this desire. You know, when it comes to matters of taste, you don't have a choice. No, listen to what I did. I don't feel miss what I said. When it comes to taste, you don't have a choice. You don't know why you like red, but you just like it. You just like. You don't know why you like um, yellow walls, but you just like it. You don't know why. Now, the point I'm making is that when it comes to taste, you don't have a choice. Am I speaking? When, when it comes to taste, it's not a matter of reason. Taste, you don't reason with taste. It's just there. That's, that's why I just like, I just like white cars. I just like black cars. I just like BMWs. When I see a BMW, I will stop and just watch it pass. I don't know, oh my God. Oh my. I just like red shoes. I just like Brazilian Peruvian hair. Just like bushy hair. That when you, you wear that, it's like you are hidden behind a grass or something. Are you getting what I'm saying? I just like, I just like, I just like his taste. So, the point here is that God has a way of putting a taste for your kind of woman in your husband's heart. That the others don't matter. Those who are using all the expensive makeup, he, for some reason, he doesn't, you don't have red lipstick, but he doesn't like red lipstick at all. 
Not that really, normally everybody would uh, maybe like this green lipstick or yellow lipstick. Suddenly, this particular man has this particular inclination against red lipsticks. Because God has put that in his condition. So because you are praising God, because you don't have red lipstick. Somebody didn't get it. Because you are still used to your old ways. I know how to get him. I know how to get him. I have to just, I'll just wear some of the short things when I'm coming. When I'm sitting, I walk a little bit, I feel it that I'll get him right now. He'll rather get you, not him. He'll get you. And finish using you and then move on to the next available space. So, but when you praise God, God breaks down the walls. For you to take over. I see somebody taking over. I see somebody taking over. I see somebody taking over. Taking over in your business. Taking over in your marriage. Taking over in your career. Taking over in your company. Taking over in your city. Taking over. I see somebody taking over. Give God some praise break. We praise God. So when they got to the city, Jesus said that the Pharisees said, stop the children, they are making noise. He said, No. Out of the mouth of babe, exactly. Have, have thou ordained praise so you can silence the enemies. Yes. We are going to go into, we will sing this song. All right. So I want you to turn loose. Praise him just for two minutes. Before the singing starts, I want you to start to see, don't wait for music to praise him. Watch this. He said, watch, watch this. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. So you should have your own thing. The music just comes to help you. But before you do that, you want to lift up your hand, rise up and begin to practice giving God some praise. Praise God for your health. Praise God for your job. Praise God for your business. Praise God for your family. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Praise God. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Henry, to share this message with If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.